Welcome to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast. My name is Kayla and I'm a personal trainer, entrepreneur, and mindset coach. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you all the goods through interviews with powerful women, sharing my experience coaching and training clients, and my personal insights to get you living fiercely in your life. So let's get to it. Welcome back to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast. This is episode number 25. My name is Kayla and I'm your host. And today I am doing an interview or more like conversation with one of my best friends, Janessa. So our conversation today, we're going to be talking about addiction, which is a very sensitive topic. And we're really just going to be diving into Janessa's experience with it personally and then just the people in her life and just how she's really come through the tornado of the experience and come out on top. So I really want her to share her story and what she's learned because now her intention is to be able to give back and help people who are experiencing addiction in their life because she's very passionate about it. So with that being said, I'm going to turn the mic over to Janessa and Janessa, I would love for you to share a bit about yourself, tell us where you're from, tell us what you're up to, and then we'll just slide right into the conversation. Cool. Well, thanks, Kayla. First and foremost, I'm just so grateful to be hanging out with you here in Van. It's been such a delight spending some time with you this last little while. Uh, But my name is Janessa. Uh, For anybody listening, I am a conscious business and leadership mentor, coach, and consultant. So I work around Canada with different organizations, purpose-driven, conscious business leaders, people that are change makers or striving to be change makers. So that's a little bit about me. I'm currently in Vancouver, um, originally from Burlington, Ontario. Actually, I'm from Sault Ste. Marie. It's a small, smaller town uh, in a little bit more northern Ontario, uh, but I grew up in Burlington, spent a lot of time in Toronto, and the last year, last few years, I've been between Vancouver, Toronto, Burlington, and New York, so it's been a, a pretty cool experience all around. That's one thing I really love about Janessa, that she, ever since I met her, so we actually met, actually, I should totally share this, so we met in 2017, right? Yes. So we met through a personal development course through a company called the Landmark Worldwide, which I've talked about before on my podcast, but we did a program through that company called the Introduction Leaders Program, and we originally met in New York, which was really neat, and we totally clicked and hit it off, and we've been friends ever since. So that's one thing I really love about our relationship is that we met in Toronto, and then I've gone out to Burlington with Janessa, and then we've been to New York together, and then we've totally reconnected in Vancouver. So that's something that's really special is that we've just been very dynamic with our friendship, which is great because, you know, it's pretty easy to kind of lose friends because of distances, right? But that's totally not been our case. So I'm, like, super grateful for that, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, definitely me too. I mean, one of my favorite memories is, is us eating cheesecake in, uh, you know, downtown New York. One of the first times we actually hung out. Uh, we almost got free cheesecake, actually, but that's another story. Yeah, that was awesome. Okay, so I would love for you to actually just elaborate a little bit more on what got you into your career right now. Like, what inspired you to dive into, like, sustainability and, like, coaching and consulting and all of that? Oh, wow. Um, Well, I mean, I take it way, way back to when I was a kid. I mean, for some reason, I lived in an apartment building, and I lived beside a a city called Hamilton. They have steel factories there, and the the air pollution was worse then. Uh, And for some reason, I had an issue with the air pollution and the air quality, so I would literally walk around my apartment building trying to get people to sign this petition against the the air pollution. I don't know how far that went back then, um, but over time, I did have this passion for for the environment. uh, And, you know, as I grew and I kept my studies going, Uh, eventually I started to learn that, hey, it's not just about the environment, it's about people. And the more I started to learn about myself through personal development um, and and how we interact and what community and connection means, the difference that that makes for not just, you know, who we're being in the world, but actually how we're caring for for ourselves and the planet uh, and how, what it's going to look like to have, you know, health, happiness and harmony on this planet again. So I love that. And one thing I love too, is that whenever we hang out and we go to the grocery store, it's always like the little things that matter, like not using plastic bags or going for organic or shopping locally and making sure that we're composting. Like I always know that when I'm going to hang out with you, that there's going to be some level of sustainability in our activities and just going outside in nature, like checking out the waterfalls in Hamilton or, you know, walking around in Vancouver and, and just taking advantage of being outside and just being grounded in all of those ways. So like, I really love that that's such a big passion of yours. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, once we start diving into the topic a little bit more, I, I want to say that this element is a key part of 
why or what like you know why I am who I am today and how I've been able to stay grounded through this journey that we're really about to talk about yeah exactly and that's why I wanted you to elaborate a bit more on your career aspect because this definitely ties into what we're diving into today mm-hmm. our topic today is about overcoming drug addiction and I guess addiction in general and how we decided to collaborate about talking about this subject is it was funny because we just we were talking about two different options we were going to talk about leadership and business and then Janessa brought up you know talking about addiction and overcoming that and I thought oh my gosh this this is a great topic because it requires you know a level of vulnerability and just being real and this is really what I want to bring to my podcast about you know living fiercely because that's that's what it's about and it's really about going through these hardship times and learning from that and then being able to take your own experience and contribute to other people in your life, right? So this is, that's how we decided to do this topic and so I really would love to open up the floor now and ask the big question of, Janessa, why did you want to talk about this topic? So what came up for you and what inspired you to want to bring this forward in our conversation today? Yeah, and I think that's a really important question, Kayla. When we were kind of tossing the ideas around and I suggested this, I'm finally at a point in my life where I feel ready to share it, number one. Uh, number two, it was the one that made me feel most uncomfortable to committing to. Uh, and so I knew this was sort of like the breaking point that I had to push through because, um, and you know, I'm completely speaking today and entirely from an experiential point of view. I think it's so important that we dive into real life and real issues, whether we're dealing with it, someone we know, someone of someone we know is dealing with it. Um, this is from an experiential point of view. So, you know, no counseling specialist, you know, nothing about, you know, specialties and like mental health or anything like that. This is like, hey, this is a lived experience and this is how I've overcome it. Um, there's a lot of emotional upsets that often come with this experience um, and I just want to support people in, in moving through you know some of the the tornado of guilt and shame that actually comes with dealing with addiction whether it's ourselves or somebody else yeah and I think that's so great because when when I initially asked Janessa why do you want to talk about this and you know she was she was silent for a minute because obviously she was gathering her thoughts about it but then I was just pointing out after she shared her answer with me how Usually in life when we've over you know when we've overcome or experienced a level of trauma or addiction or hardship in our life if we can talk about it that really shows that there's a level of healing that's happened because I know that there's things in my life like I've shared on my podcast uh, my episode number 12 how I got my self-worth from being cheated on so I openly shared about that experience and the only way that I could share about it was because I had I had healed from it. I still get triggered by it, but I can talk about it and be open and real and vulnerable. And there's like a level of freedom with that. So that's why we're really diving into this today, you know, having a really safe space. And really the intention is just to cause an impact in a really powerful and positive way that, you know, gives light to people who might not be fully healed from their experience or just you know, are looking for help or inspiration or empowerment. And that's that's like the tone that we're setting here. And as we mentioned earlier too, it's all about sharing personal experience, not labeling or categorizing or giving a diagnosis or anything like that. So just want to be really clear about that in our conversation today. It's interesting because this topic, you know, we've like paused our conversation and just re-collaborated and, and all of that together to see what we want to say moving forward. And it's actually like a very touchy subject to talk about. So... I mean, we're just going to dive in now. So I'll ask you, Janessa, when, so now, I mean, we're both the same age. We're both 29 years old. So when did you first experience addiction in your life? Yeah, I think that's a, a powerful question. It can go a lot of ways. But the first thing that comes to mind is I was actually, you know, 13 years old. And it just so happened the people that I started to be hanging around with and things I was going through in my life, I got experience to, you know, first, you know, weed and then ecstasy. And then by the time I was 15, I was doing cocaine and that held on for 10 years or more. Like I was in high school. Um, and then I started getting into the club life, which brings out, you know, a whole other realm of, you know, GHB, ketamine, MDMA. And this spiral went on for, I want to say 15 years. And not to mention, you know, I successfully graduated high school. I always had a part-time job. Um, I, you know, I graduated university. Uh, I had lots of friends and relationships and... So primarily my experience in this way has been, you know, an addiction to drugs in some way. Um, but when I think about even as a, as a small kid, you know, I would, 
sit and do things like I was really in love with, say like orcas, you know, like killer whales, and I would sit on the computer and research them for hours and then write in notebooks about them, right? So I don't know if it's a bit of a personality thing, uh, but I would always become very like almost obsessive about things and or extreme. Um, and so that might be part of my experience, my personality on, on a deeper level. Uh, but I'd say, you know, primarily we're talking about more like drugs and everything, about 13 years old it started. That's pretty good. I mean, that's, you know what I find interesting is what you just shared is how I think a lot of people think, oh, if somebody has an addiction or for an example, an addiction to drugs, then they, they won't be functioning in their life. You know what I mean? But I mean, you just shared that and then you shared how you like graduated from high school and you had a part-time job and then you went to university and like you had healthy relationships. Like it was, it was, it's crazy to hear how it was like a functioning thing for you. But obviously now, you know, fast forward to age 29, right? It's like, what, what has changed over the years that, that had you realized this, this behavior, like the personality traits that you're talking about that kind of pulled you out of that from when you were 13 years old? Yeah, Kayla, I think a lot of it actually just comes down to self-awareness and the ability to have courage and people around me, you know, supporting me and, and loving through loving me through it all. But the, the self-awareness piece in which really came about when I started doing the personal development work um, was a huge piece. Um, it really brought a level of inner stability, you know, a little bit of, you know, a storm before the calm, like, because there was... Think about it, I was 13 years old, I actually don't think I ever learned to process my emotions in a healthy way. And uh, one of the things my, my dad and my stepdad would always say is, I never understood why you never talked. Everything was always good, everything was always good. So I developed this habit that I was always okay, um, despite a lot of the, the, the issues that were actually happening in my life. For example, my, my mom wasn't well, she was dealing with mental illness for a while, she ended up moving moving away, so I was just a teenager, didn't have that stability anymore. Um, there was a lot of ups and downs. So I think bringing the, the, the consciousness, awareness to certain traumatic events that happened in my life, allowing myself to feel the things that I never felt or processed in those times, helped me identify, hey, there's something that needs to heal here um, and just having the courage and the ability to speak about it um, and, and work through those experiences. That's amazing. And when you say getting this level of awareness and you said doing personal development, can you elaborate a little, little bit more on the personal development that you did that gave you the tools to be able to process these emotions that you felt like were repressed for so long? Yeah, I mean, I'd be happy to. Um, we both met in uh, at Landmark, so yeah. doing Landmark Forum. Um, before that, I had come across something online about health coaching. It was just a four-week program about a deep dive into transformational coaching. And I was listening to some of the, some of the calls that they had, and someone was talking about their 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 home life and instability in their home life. And immediately, I was so triggered by some of that that I, I think I, I I stopped. You know, I got upset, and at that time, I was about. 25, uh, or no, maybe maybe 23, but I actually didn't complete the course at that time because I was like, whoa, this is too much for me to deal with. And then a few years later, someone introduced me to Landmark and I started doing their courses and I worked through up to their senior level courses. Um, and in one of their seminars, I was I would, I would bring it up because you're, you're talking in your groups and I was talking about addiction and someone just stopped me in the conversation and they said, have you forgiven yourself for that? And I... I couldn't answer the question because it was like this spiral of, well, this is part of me. This is my identity. It's who I am. I have an addictive personality. I was like holding on to the fact that I, you know, I've used drugs for the better part of my life. It's just who I am. Um, so it was really moving into that level of forgiveness. I know you do a lot of work in this area and you've helped me even in this process. I've definitely, I mean, I've shared this with you and I even recorded a, an episode about it, just healing from my childhood trauma of mental and emotional abuse and how forgiveness and compassion came a long way to help me heal from that because I had to forgive my ex-stepmother for how she treated me and just also forgive myself for the things and the beliefs I created about myself about not being worthy or not being lovable or you know that I don't deserve this because she says that and then even just the compassion part like having compassion for this woman who obviously was not self-aware of her own behavior and just repeatedly chose to treat me the way that she did 
And so obviously forgiveness and compassion is like a huge part of healing. And that's, I feel like since I've known you, especially in the last five years, that's really shown up in your life. And I've watched you let go and forgive a lot of different areas of your life and different people and situations. So how, how has that really made a difference for you? Well, I think the key point, Kayla, is, you know, this, this area of forgiveness and compassion and what's possible when, when that's there is love right? And I love to bring this to an energy conversation a little bit because when, you know, where love is, it's a, it's a high vibrational frequency, let's just say. So, you know, where love exists, like there isn't really room for shame and guilt. And by the way, shame and guilt are two of the most powerful human emotions that can completely take over your life and put you in that, in that tornado, in that spiral of shit of, you know, it's not just, hey, I'm recurring the same habit again. It's like, hey, I let my friend down, you know? You know, my friend, like my friends are just disappointed. Oh my gosh, like my friend stole from me. Oh my God, you know, my, my parents are upset or I'm hiding things. Like it's just one thing after the other. So once you really start unpacking what you're going through, it's a lot of times addiction or, or drug use or just unconscious behaviors that we do over and over again to, they almost mask what we're actually feeling or not ready to deal with. Um, so actually, dare I ask you this? Some, I've heard a lot of people, I mean, I cannot speak to this authentically because I've never dealt with addiction, but would you say that addiction could be a form of, people say it's a disease, but I, I appreciate, I appreciate pronouncing this word as dis-ease. So do you think that addiction could be a symptom of other things going on in life? And you did mention that, you know, it could be part of a personality I like having a quote addictive personality but what are your thoughts on those two things yeah I would never consider addiction a, a disease it's definitely in a lot of ways I think it's a it's a mask it's a habit that we develop to cope with our emotions or or not cope with them so I think it's really important that no matter if it's us dealing with it or someone else that's dealing with it to just try to come from a place of love and understanding and try to say everybody's got a story what could someone be trying to cover up? What kind of pain is somebody in that they would choose, you know, one habit or another? Because I don't think anyone intentionally wants to hurt their friends or their family or do something that's not healthy for their life, right? Um, so I think that's a really important part that we don't label this as something that's wrong. It's not a disease. It's just an experience of life that we go through and we need to support people through. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, people have to make their own choices. So if, 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 a lot of times you can't help someone that doesn't want to be helped. I think that's true. Uh, but really be there for people that, that, that are showing a level of, you know, change or wanting change. Uh, on the addictive personality side of things, it's not something that I, that I, that I know for sure. Um, I know in life I've always been very committed to the things that I do. Um, I've also experienced a lot of self-doubt, so I try extra hard on things and I don't know if I'm trying to people please or, or what that is. I'm still working that part out, but I think, um, yeah, the, the main point is, is when it comes to a feeling of dis-ease um, or experiences in life, addictive personalities or behaviors can be a symptom of trauma or events that we haven't yet processed or don't know how to deal with our emotions uh, in a healthy way because I didn't learn how to deal with my emotions in school. Um, I didn't have, you know, the best examples of that growing up and then of course, you know, using drugs to deal with my emotions for such a long time, it, it's taken me over five years to come out of my shell and be able to talk about my feelings so openly and feel safe no matter what. So I would say my, my level of experience or events in my life definitely caused, you know, a lot of symptomatic, addictive type behaviors. Uh, but again, that awareness uh, and understanding that, you know, nothing's wrong, have some for forgiveness and compassion, like we're all on this journey of life is so, so, so important just to, to be there for yourself and be there for other people, if you can, right? If you can. And being patient too, because healing no matter what from is never linear. And earlier when I mentioned dis-ease, I meant things not being at ease. Therefore, like you said, the mask of addiction comes out. There's like something deeper than that to be dealt with, right? Rather than, you know, dealing with the addiction, like it's something deeper than that because that's, you know, a behavior, right? And I know that some people, some people have said that addiction is a sickness, right? But I think if you can heal 
it's it's such a great opportunity to grow from that and I know that since I've met you you know you're still processing things that you've grown up with and dealt with in your life but you've grown so much since I've met you right and it's like that dis-ease of dealing with addiction is becoming more at ease yeah and I think one of the, the key players in this is like if you want to change the game right if you want to have the courage like you got to have the courage to feel through those events or experiences and and be free from the guilt and shame and a lot of that comes from having a safe safe place to share about them right openly and honestly uh, for for someone that might look like a counselor right or a close family and friend member that gives you the time and space to do that uh, but ultimately one of the the foundational and and key pieces was actually just replacing one bad habit for a good one one by one by one and retraining how I spend my time, who I spend my time with, what my environments are, and being able to change my environments, taking on new experiences. I mean, it's always been part of, that's always been part of my personality too, but it's really been a discipline to let go of those habits that don't serve me anymore, reconnecting to, you know, my much greater purpose in the world, um, experiencing, you know, profound connection, uh, and wanting to build on that as a muscle, right? And I think... One of the, I'm getting a little bit passionate here actually, but one of the key things, and I mean, because even up until say three months ago, I was still smoking weed all the time. It's awesome that it's legal now. And I think there's a place, like there's recreational drug use, there's there's so many spiritual and other aspects of, of using you know, drugs if we're gonna stick to that topic. Not really talking on that, I'm talking about more on the unhealthy side of habits, but even until three months ago, I was constantly smoking weed, right? And uh, I think it was about eight or nine months ago, I stopped having cell phone service. Uh, and it, it sounds a little bit weird, right? As an entrepreneur, I'm like, hey, how can I cut costs? There's Wi-Fi everywhere, like, whatever. I'm gonna have an iPhone 10, I'm not gonna have phone service. But the best thing about this was how much deeper I could connect to myself. Um, because no longer when I had an uncomfortable emotion, thought, or feeling, could I turn to my phone to keep me busy talking to someone or scrolling. Uh, I actually just had to feel that thought or, you know, maybe listen to music or do something, go for a walk to actually just like lift myself up and, and do it for myself, right? So that was a key thing. And so that might resonate with some people. Hey, how are we, it might not be drugs, but like how are you constantly scrolling on your phone instead of processing your emotions or uncomfortable feelings? That's amazing. And what would you say, say if somebody's listening to this and, you know, they're either dealing with addiction themselves or someone in their life is dealing with addiction, what was... You know, I, I mentioned earlier how healing is not linear, but what was the first sort of step that you can think of that comes to your mind right away that helped you to start the healing process of this and getting closure on your previous behaviors with drug use? Yeah, I don't know if it's a closure aspect, but the fundamental shift for me was actually when one of my best friends, uh, Danielle, sat down and had a talk and said, listen, if you're going to keep operating this way, like it's, you know, destructive, like I actually don't want to be your friend anymore. Um, and that was something like I loved and cared about dearly, but it was understanding the impact that my behavior has on other people um, and, and, and going through that. And again, bringing up, you know, shame and guilt and all those things at the time I didn't know. And the journey didn't stop there because that was, you know, 10 years after, or 10 years before, I'm actually got to this point now. But I don't ever forget that conversation and I never have every time that I make a choice or every time I think about a choice and how it impacts the people around me. And I know that is another huge player of guilt and shame of, especially with drug addiction is, hey, we let a lot of people down because uh, when somebody loves us, it hurts so much to see someone not living their full potential or choosing bad habits over good ones because everyone has this potential inside of them. So never be afraid to be the one that to have that conversation with someone and you know tread lightly like there's a lot of i don't want to say crazy but there's a lot of dramatic ways to deal with people experiencing drug addiction there's a lot of ways to deal with it in general and there's just no right answer but your conversation or your kind words and just letting someone know hey i'm drawing a very healthy boundary that hey you're not being who like you can be you know I'm not going to be in your life anymore. And for some people, that's that that ends up closing it. But for someone that may instill some hope, uh, I think that's that's really really important. That's amazing, and that's so great too because we talk about getting the impact and getting the impact of your behavior or, you know, an addiction or whatever it is that you're doing in life. That's when you can. That's like a pivotal moment, right? Because in that moment, you've gained awareness. 
and the awareness is, okay, this is having a negative impact on myself, it's having a negative impact on the people in my life, my health, money, whatever it is, it, we're not just talking about drug addiction and what I'm saying right now, I just mean it with anything in life. And it's like when you get the impact, you have a choice. You can either continue down that path or you can choose a new beginning. And you can start to create the new and next journey that you want to be on. And I think that's the key part. If somebody's ever facing anything in their life where it's like the same results over and over again or the same behaviors, you really sit down and look at what the impact is. That 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 gives you the pivotal moment. It can that is the moment of having a breakthrough and and really noticing and knowing what your choices are to move forward. And bingo, I think you just hit it is knowing that we have a choice, right? Any given day, you know, I, I've taken on this mantra now, it's like every day I wake up now, it's like this is the first day of the rest of my life. Like what do I really wanna be doing? It helps that I have a career that I care deeply about, you know, and I'm really connected to it. Um, but it also helps just to know that there, there are choices and there are options, but you gotta move through that space of letting things go that aren't serving you. Because if you wanna change a, a habit, I mean, and really form new ones, you gotta change your environment. I mean. Unless you are incredibly strong and you can completely shift in the same environment, but chances are you're going to have to let people go. You're going to have to tell people, you know, what you're changing and start putting yourself in the environments of the places and things that you want to become. Um, maybe spending more time on your own. That might not be for everybody, um, but ultimately choosing you every day, right? Not choosing your identity as having an addiction or something that's not working for you. It's just choosing yourself and what you're committed to creating. So with you sharing that, I obviously know you personally and I've seen how you've made some of those sacrifices and additions and takeaways in your life. Can you share a little bit about that? Like what have you changed in the last five years that's that's really pulled you away from those old behaviors? I think I'm fortunate in some ways because, you know, originally like leaving high school, I did move away to university. So I put myself in a new place. Um, also, when I found myself going back to Toronto every weekend and engaging in some of the similar behaviors and in club life, for example, I got to the end of university and thought, wow, this isn't how I want to keep living my life. So I actually came out to Vancouver for four months. I had a great level of, of stability living with some family. So I'm, I'm so blessed that I've had some environments that have been able to uplift and support me. Uh, not that I was open about what I was dealing with, but it just, it gave me uh, a stronger foundation to start rebuilding. Um, I was also in, you know, a long-term relationship that, that offered a lot of love and stability as well. So these are some, some pretty key things that, that help change and shift over time. But if you bring it back to my experience and maybe things that I had to, to let go of or add, I have had to learn how to create boundaries and I have had to change friendships and really powerfully and courageously change environments when it hurt, when I didn't know how to let go. Um, I have had to put myself around people who have what I want, <laughs> right? And, and learn that I'm really not taking advice or opinions from people that don't have what I want or are engaging in the things that I used to engage in. And that's been, you know, a powerful thing. I have added meditation to my life every single day. I have added yoga. I have added journaling. I have added... You know, music's always been an important thing, but um, I have added creative outlets again. And I think that is a huge, huge piece uh, for me of things that I've added and then taking away. It's mostly been people and, and places. We were talking earlier about how when you were doing one of the personal development courses and somebody asked you if, you know, you had forgiven yourself and that really caught you. And so I want to ask you, now we've talked about, you know, the first step you took towards just kind of closing this past experience with drug use, with uh, your environment and the people and what you added and wh what you took away from your life. But now I want to ask you, what was the first stepping stone towards forgiving yourself? Because, I mean, I'm sure people can look at forgiveness as a lifelong event, right? But what, what did you do? Yeah, when, when I got asked that question initially and the actions that followed was, you know, I... I started looking at myself in the mirror and saying, I forgive you. And um, mirror work is something that, that, that comes up a lot in the self-healing journey. And I think it's a very powerful thing you can do is honestly just being with yourself and looking at yourself and, and telling yourself that I forgive you. And 
life will test us after that right there will be people there will be experiences there will be opportunities that you may have to say yes and you may have to say no to um, or you know new tests in the way that hey maybe it's not me dealing with addiction anymore it's people very close to me so how do I handle that and not fall back into old habits how do I still be there for people I love and be compassionate towards them because hey I've gone through this what did I need at that time that I didn't have one thing that I personally know about your story obviously is you've handled drug addiction personally but you've also shared with me how you've had other people in your life who have dealt with addiction as well like addiction has shown up in different areas of your life so I was just wondering if you could share that story because I think you have an interesting story that you're dealing you were dealing with yourself with an addiction on top of also dealing with other people in your life and in your environment who had addictions as well so what was that like Oh my god, where, where do I start? But the emotions and, and the feelings and the experiences that come up when someone you love, and I've had you know partners in, in past relationships dealing with addiction, whether it's drugs, whether it's gambling, is just so sad. And I don't think there's any other way to really describe how it feels when you see someone else hurting themselves when you love them so much. And... It's been really challenging at times to be there for somebody I love, knowing they're dealing with what they're dealing with, being able to say, hey, I can help you in this way, you know, what do you need support on? And then also being able to draw the line and say, I can't be around this anymore. Um, I don't have the strength to support you and help you move through this. It's something that sometimes you have to be willing to risk losing it all to stand for someone to move through and trust that they will get through it themselves, at least until you're in a position where you really can be of support, right? Not, you can't just you know send somebody away to like rehab if that's what they need, or you can't force someone to want something different for themselves. The, the journey of healing is a very personal choice. So I think the, the, core part of it is, the core part of it has been just leading by example from this point, loving where I can, supporting in the ways that I can, uh, and just leading by example. And one of this, you know, sharing on this podcast is just a prime example of that. Now I can share about it, whoever, whatever, if anyone it resonates with, who knows, it might change one person's thought or one person's possibility. They might catch, hey, a, a podcast on addiction, or, oh, that girl Janessa, I didn't know that about her, or whatever. It's just a place to relate from. We're all human beings. We have a story. We have experienced things. Many of us, such, such, such painful things in our lives, especially as the world now is waking up and becoming more aware that it's not actually acceptable that we live in anything outside of love anymore, at least not in not in my world, not in the world that I'm creating. So I hope that uh, whether this conversation inspires you in that way, whether it's you or whether it's somebody that you know, just get that there is something so much greater that you can work towards. Um, and there's so many ways that you can be there for people, but just understand that sometimes you, you're going to have to draw that hard boundary like, like my friend did for me. And it, and it might work and it, and it might not. I think it's so great that you definitely have this. I love how you go from talking about the guilt and shame, right? And all of that and a lot of self-worth because I know, and I can speak for myself too. I've definitely developed more self-worth for myself and our boundaries are established based on what we think our self-worth is which is pretty powerful when you get the impact of that because if you look at your boundaries in life and they're not where you quote want them to be it has nothing to do with the boundaries and everything to do with what you think about yourself and it's crazy because I think the the big underlying tone of this entire conversation is that what was missing in order for you to really move past this drug addiction was love because Love has acceptance, it has forgiveness, it has compassion, it has understanding, and there's just no, there's no negativity that can thrive in love because it's just so powerful. And I can totally hear with you sharing your story how having love for yourself and others, you know, helping other people deal with addiction and then with yourself, like, 
you developed love for yourself so that you were able to increase your self-worth and set those boundaries and expectations with people in your life who were engaging in those be those destructive behaviors right and then obviously having the love for yourself so that you could start journaling and exercising and being in nature more and you know practicing forgiveness and mirror work like all of that came from love and it's crazy because before we even recorded this podcast like I always had no idea that this specific thing was going to come up but I can just hear it in what you're sharing right now and I don't know it just really touched me to hear how important love is when it comes to really anything in life like nourishing anything healing anything growing anything is that is the key ingredient Mm-hmm. And there's a there's an Andy Warhol quote, and it's like, there should be a first grade class on love, or there's something like that. It's like, we oftentimes now, where we grow up in a society where it's not okay to hug at school, or different things that promote that type of, those loving environments, and many of us don't have that support at home, many of us did. Like, I still had parents that loved and supported me the best way that they could, right? So I don't think it's about that, but the game changer more recently for me to understand that love is not just giving love, love is being able to receive love. And oftentimes, many of us who are stuck in a variety of cycles, we're blocking the reception of love unconsciously or consciously because we don't want to deal with the pain of getting hurt again or feeling that shame or whatever it is. Like We'd rather be numb than experience the pain. And, and in some cases, and unfortunately it's a cost, we'd rather be, we'd rather be numb than experience joy and, and, and love. So that self-awareness is really, really key. Uh, and yeah, getting present to that love is being able to give, being open to receiving. It's a two-way street. That's amazing. I I love how love literally <laughs> just popped up in this conversation because it's, it's so powerful. And, you know, you said it too, is that you have to choose to be able to receive. And you have to be able to choose to be able to give love right and i think it really comes down choose to choose and allow right choose and allow yeah allow and you to go to allow you have to work through a lot of blocks sometimes totally and i really do believe that you you have to love yourself in order to love others or allow others to love you because like you said you know when you were a child living at home and you were dealing with drug addiction and you were obviously being loved by your parents you know, I think it's safe to say at that point, you probably didn't love yourself as much as you love yourself now. No, not even, not even a bit. Yeah. Um, But that, I mean, that reflectively mirrored my entire life. I, you know, as much as I had good experiences and good relationships, a lot of them actually mirrored a lack of self-worth. And as I evolve into appreciating who I am, all of a sudden my confidence, and I mean real confidence, because before I had like a, a bit of a fake confidence, I, I could get by. I was good at things, I would, I would get really good at things to cover up the fact that I was overcompensating for not having confidence, if that makes sense. Um, but being able to, yeah, just, just keep loving myself, accepting myself, where I'm at, where I am today. Days that I, that I feel love and I'm present to love, but also when I feel sad, just just allowing that right sharing when i'm when i'm in love and sharing when i'm feeling sad like whether that's sharing with myself with my journal with someone who has the capacity to support me in my emotional journey i think that's really really important and you were saying earlier how when you were a kid you know your stepdad would say things like you know you were you always said things were fine like things were great and that you weren't allowing yourself to process the emotions and it's like whether that's crying or like screaming in a pillow or journaling, whatever it is, the, the, the best way out is through. Because I think it can be a really scary thing and I'll admit it's not easy to process emotions sometimes because it's uncomfortable and being uncomfortable means that there's growth, which means you're going through something, right? And I think that it's really important to realize that again, it comes down to self-awareness, right? Because when we realize that we're holding on to these emotions and thoughts and feelings whatever you want to call it it's they're stuck there's no movement and when things can't move new things can't come in old things will not leave and it's just stagnant and I think that that's really what helped you move forward is doing the personal development work and slowly changing your environment and letting go and adding in people into your life like you were willing to go through the emotions and the experiences to start creating a life that you want and because you also got the impact of your behavior of you know being addicted and using drugs growing up. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I do want to acknowledge the fact that I've had in some ways, even though it's been it's been messy and a lot of it I did behind closed doors, for example, but I've had a pretty gracious experience. I mean, despite it all, I've still had loving people around me and support and not everyone going through these journeys always has those support networks. So depending where you are, what services you have available to you, um, what your environment is, it's not always easy. I'm not saying it's easy for anybody, but you know, sometimes the odds are stacked. So that's why I just really want to encourage people to hold a space that when you see someone going through what they're going through, it doesn't matter where you are, who you are, it could be a stranger, understand that, you know, it really takes an, an army of people to rise on this planet um, to something greater than, than what we have now because there's a lot of people suffering and, and using drugs or other addictive coping mechanisms that we'll never understand because we never had to experience what they have experienced. And so I, I count my blessings in some ways, you know, I, I, I hope to, to raise my kids in, in such a loving and, and creative and courageous environment in the best way that we can, but the world is, you know, changing really quickly. There's a lot going on outside of us, so just be there for other people, you know. Do, do your own work first and then get out there and, and do whatever you can to support other people too. I think that's amazing and I really think listening and recording this conversation today that a really big thing, obviously you mentioned this whole tornado with guilt and shame and the only way that you can really experience forgiveness, compassion, love is by choosing to let go of guilt and shame and that might not be easy but you know whether you're listening to this and you've dealt with addiction or you know somebody who has is you know, figuring out what you need to do to process the emotions to let go of guilt and shame because that is where the journey starts, right? And really, I don't think there's anything to be guilty or ashamed about. Like, we're obviously having this conversation and in order for you to share this conversation, you know, you had to let go of guilt and shame and it, it might be bubbling up a little bit but love in this conversation is stronger than that and that's what's and it will all you. like it'll always be it oh, will always a hundred percent and it that is totally what's pulling you forward right so i mean if anybody wants to know what's the first step is to getting out of this and healing i think it's really getting the impact of the guilt and shame in your life and choosing love and then looking at the actions that you can take from that space instead and there's almost always help for those who seek it, you know, whether it's in prayer, whether it's in community, whether it is asking, right? Like giving and giving and receiving, like you got to be aware that you want to make a change, of course, uh, really get the impact of how your life's going versus how you want it to go and exactly. working through it. Totally. So I want to ask you now, usually there's a lot of heaviness and negativity when we've experienced trauma or addiction and hardship in our life. So I want to ask you, what is the most positive thing that you've gotten from experiencing drug addiction in your life? Good question. Interesting question. And understanding that life is a journey and primarily my adaptability, resilience, and developing empathy, which is, you know, emotional intelligence, the self-awareness, being able to listen to others, understanding where other people are coming from. And I can tell you that this has helped me so much in my work. It helps me understand what we need as a culture to move to more, you know, healthy, happy, har harmonious planet. Uh, but that, that level of empathy and being able to understand what other people are going through, because I've, I've, I've been there too. And really getting that it's so important to own, you know, where you've been, because it's not who you are now, it's not where you're going in the future, but your story might inspire someone and it doesn't matter if you're in the thick of it right now, you've been through something that if you're sharing about, it'll help someone understand you better and we have to get a little, hopefully a lot more comfortable with sharing truly the things that we're going for, going through. And you know, there's there's appropriate outlets and there and there's not, so be mindful. But we also have a culture that is so used to hiding things and, and suppressing things and not giving us safe places to confide and open up and, and heal through our emotions, whether those are positive and negative. We have so many opportunities in society to, to be up and at it and you know, it's all about inspiring and a lot of us just share the highlight reel and that's so, so key and so critical, but that's part of the reason why I wanted to dive into this topic today because I, I do create a persona of inspiration and imagination and creativity because that's 
who I'm creating in the world, but I would have never got to this place not having come from this journey. And so now I'm just, you know, I'm just ready to own it. So whoever you are, wherever you're at, like own that shit <laughs> and, and, and share your story or find a way to move through doing the work, right? And find a way that, that you can share your story. It's going to hurt. It's okay to ask for help. Um, depending where you are, there's different ways to come about what will be helpful to you in your journey. And my intention is in having this conversation is that you can make it through. You can set yourself up to live a life that, that you love by opening up, by being open to giving and receiving love, by becoming more aware of your actions and your choices and the things that you've been through in life and understanding that there is, there's a way up, there's a way out. And truly, if you can find a way to channel your journey and your story into a gift for others, that will help you tremendously. And, and I, you know, it chose my career path quite a while ago, but it has not shaped and formed confidently until more recently, once I started get, getting that self-worth and, and owning where I'm at and what I'm good at and how I can share and how I can give back. But understanding that your journey, wherever you're at, can give back to people. And one of the the best things that, that I've gotten because I this experience started at such a young age is I took a, a special high school's major, an environmental studies program, and it was it was a leadership course. So that was another key part that helped me in understanding that nature is a huge part of what everyone needs to be doing uh, in their lives, spending time in nature one way or another because it's so healing for the mind. It's helped keep me grounded. I think I, I said at the beginning of the podcast, but I actually now go back to that class and I mentor students in that class uh, really just with the core intention that I really want to be who I didn't have at that time in my life and understanding that never underestimate the, the time spent with someone if you can, if you have the energy and ability to share yourself in that way. Um, mentorship is a huge part of raising people up, whether it's younger people or learning from people of order, older generations. It's being able to just create those exchanges that and, and of real stories that we can learn from what has helped us, right? And, and the experiences that we've gone through and not to get stuck in the negative side of things. Let's talk about the stories and of where we've been and where we've gone to or, you know, where we are, where we want to go to or, or how you overcame what you came. Don't, don't wallow in the, in the, in the crap, right? Cause I could sit all day and complain about, Oh, you know, I gave up this or I had so many years where, I wasn't able to, to play the flute anymore because that was something that I really loved doing. I gave that up because I started doing drugs at a young age. I could sit and talk to someone about that for a long time, but that's not going to help anybody. The idea is think about, hey, like again, own your story and uh, understand that it's not, it's not who you are now. You get to choose who you are right now and, and create this life of, of, of where you want to go and understand I got to be and choose who I want to be today now to step into that in the future. Yes, I love this so much because especially when you mentioned going back and mentoring this course that you did in environmental studies that sometimes I think when we go through hardship in our life, we look out for mentors or someone to help us. But the reality is we don't even realize, realize it yet that what we're going through is actually turning us into the person that we needed in that moment, which is kind of ironic because it's it's obviously more challenging than having somebody help you through it but then you like we get to be the strong people that go back and contribute which is exactly what you're doing right and even though I've shared my journey as well dealing with you know mental and emotional abuse growing up that made me who I am today where I get to have these really powerful conversations with people and help them forgive and have compassion and have more awareness and, and develop their mindset like had I not gone through what I did I wouldn't be doing this now so, I mean, this is how these hardships and these experiences can really turn into gold. But the thing is, the only way they'll turn into gold is if you go through it. Because the gold doesn't come in the middle, it comes at the end, right? So I think that that's like a really powerful point. And even the little things that you said earlier, really diving into just taking the first steps, like changing your environment and then, you know, the snowball effects and then really learning to let go and forgive and, and bringing in love. Like these are all little things that you took. And I think the reality is people think that healing or, you know, you know, 
coming back from addiction is it's not an overnight thing it's it's like you said earlier it's a journey and this keeps going and there's just more things that we'll learn from from those experiences and it's a journey of coming back to wholeness i, I think um, many of us are getting caught on this healing journey and it's so appropriate and at the same time to understand that we are whole the way we are right it's a level of perfection that we were born with knowing that we're here on this planet to do something really great and all of the experiences that we're going through are priming us for them. But when you notice a pattern, whether it's a behavioral pattern or something that you keep getting stuck in over and over and over again, that might be a lesson that you have yet to learn or an opportunity to change your habit and, and, and work through those. So that, that awareness of habits and patterns is a key part of the fundamentals of addiction. Um, learning to shift feelings of, of, of shame and guilt. And maybe, if, maybe a little pro tip, but a lot of... One thing that somebody shared with me was think of yourself and put yourself in a time where you were experiencing joy. So if you were to shut your eyes and say, hey, when is a time that I was really happy? What was I doing? And feel yourself there. Put yourself in that experience and then notice that, hey, I wasn't there, but I just felt that feeling. So instead of me, you know, feeling sad or whatever it is that I was feeling in that moment, like I'm actually now experiencing joy. So practicing something like that. So that, that's a tip. That's awesome. I think that's important because it's, you know, we can think of things that happened in the past and it can bring up negative emotions or we can think about things that happened in the past and bring up positive emotions. Yeah. And what did you think about, by the way, just there? I was thinking about laying on the beach in the sun, to be totally honest, like going to like a, an all-inclusive in Mexico and just relaxing and yeah. yeah. yeah Mine was uh, at the farmer's market. I love the farmer's market for whatever reason. Love That's like awesome. you got to know your farmer, right? And, and food is a huge part of um, our mental awareness as well. So whole other topic, but nutrition and health, which not everyone in every society has access to, but understanding how we can create healthy food for everyone on this planet is a huge piece that will help our our mindset as well i love it thank you for sharing that and thank you for being on my podcast and i really love this conversation and i loved how it evolved organically because i remember before we even started you know you shared how you had notes and you had this that and the other and i was like this is how it's going to go we don't know how it's going to go and it'll be awkward at the start and then we'll get a flow and then things are going to come up that we didn't even plan. Like this whole conversation about love was not planned before we jumped in. No, not at all. And, and it, not, it ended up being such a key piece. Yeah. Right? And, and you know, I'm, I'm elated right now. I'm, I'm, I'm present to that sort of feeling of love. And I also feel a little lighter having shared some of this story. And, and that's some of the gold that you get when you share so deeply and personally about yourself in, in the right kind of safe environment. Totally. So thank you so much for sharing your story, and I'm really excited to share this with the world. So can you please tell us where people can find you on social media and if they want to connect with you? Yeah, the best place to find me is definitely on Instagram. My channel is is quickly evolving, but it's Janessa G TV. It's like Vanessa, but with a J. Uh, Janessa G TV on Instagram. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Janessa G, if you're more interested in my professional career side of things. But either way, if you find me on Instagram, it's a really good way to reach out to me. Feel free to send me a DM uh, and, and find what's going on on the online channel. Yes, and I will also include all that information in the show notes as well. So with that being said, thank you so much for listening to this episode today. I really appreciate it. If you've been a long-time listener or if this is your first episode, please don't forget to sub subscribe. Please leave a review. And if this resonated with you, please share it. And that would mean the world to me. So thank you so much for listening. And I will see you in the next episode.